Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for the art of the CEO. The show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And whether you are the head of a global legal search team ever seeking to get more top talent for the right legal dilemma, like Susan, or if you're a recent Harvard grad who's turned to book authoring to make both his fortune and his mark, like Steve has, we're here to bring you the Sage Council of Business Masters to help your career and your ventures. Now, every Tuesday at 2 p.m., The Art of the CEO streams magically through the totally misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this episode and all the others by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash The Art of the CEO. I love that. blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. So we invite you to listen and explore for your benefit. And today's episode is entitled Communication that Sparks Action, a Firestarters Kit. Yesterday, my friends, we are going to stop kidding ourselves about our communication skills. We're going to admit that we really do need to improve on this most vital of all business assets, and we're going to learn how to simply communicate a heck of a lot better. And here to help us on along that path as our guide toward more profitable speech is a communication mentor who uh, teaches the globe, top CEOs, how to do it. It's Mr. Ben Decker, the author of the excellent book, Communicate to Influence. And I've got to tell you, my friends, having read Ben's book and being here in his presence, this gentleman has got me feeling about as nervous as a Christian scientist with appendicitis. Compared to him, I fumble all around, so I'm sure you'll all enjoy having him on the show, and we all have a lot to learn. But before we launch off into our journey <clears throat> excuse me, uh, of making ourselves more influential, why don't we take a moment out there to supply ourselves with a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Now, that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. So may I ask you, will this be the day that you find a little recreation in the company of a good and honest friend, take some joy and companionship? Or will you continue on trotting through this day and handling all your problems solo? The choice is truly yours. And for our second utensil, oh yes, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Scripts book. So let me pull it down here and thumb through. Yeah. Okay, this is number 21. Number 21. Even a turkey can jump outside the box. The question is, how cleverly does he act once he's landed there? <laughs> so, as an afterthought, it's not how creative or swift or uh, innovative are the strategies that are springing forth. It's how completely do they solve the challenges at hand. Just something to keep in mind. And as for our third utensil, perhaps we should call this final utensil today's slurp spoon, 
we right now are going to give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Now, today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of the author, as you believe him or her to be, and you just simply write down that name and email it to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're correct, we will send you a marvelous gift freshly torn from the dungeons of the Bart's Books bookstore. You've got to love it. So uh, the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, You've got to run more than your mouth to escape the treadmill of mediocrity, was none other than the master of business wit, Mr. Jared Kintz. Uh, so now, let us dig into today's Feast of Wisdom, and allow me to introduce to you a gentleman who will give uh, you all our speeches a much greater spark, Mr. Ben Decker. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bart. Thanks for having me. All right, I'm glad I'm glad to have you on the air. I've uh, really enjoyed your book, but uh, I found it interesting. A- according to you, Ben, our talking is a, is a lot like our driving and writing. They're all things we do so much of that we really think we're good at it. But all of a sudden, here comes Mr. Ben Decker saying, "You're deluding yourself, son." And as a matter of fact, in your very first chapter of the book, you've titled it "Business Communication Sucks." So, are we are we really that bad? I, I mean, are we uh, most of us just talking without communicating? Well, un- unfortunately, <laughs> when you say "Are we really that bad?" you know, for me to say yes is uh, assumptive. <laughs> But it's bad out there, Bart, and a lot of people don't enjoy meetings, don't enjoy hearing other people communicate, don't enjoy one-on-ones, and so it can be better. And so a a big part of the book is just to to wake people up where, whether it's complacency or laziness, but to your point, we do it a lot and we don't think much about it. We want you to think more about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I drive, and I drive a lot, but I couldn't possibly go on a race course and compete with any NASCAR driver at all. I'm and I talk a lot. My wife says far too much. And it doesn't mean that I'm good at it for that same same thing. So I guess that's this um but you're so you're I think we really do tell ourselves a batch of uh, white lies about our our speaking and so I was wondering, could we just sort of take an example? Let's say I've I've got some major innovation. I've developed a major innovation, and I want to pitch it to my board or to other members of my team. And the first thing I realize is, that, is the the people, if I use the right words, if I really study, get the right words, the the people will get it right. I mean, it's their their job to listen, right? Well, no, Bart. It doesn't work that way. But that's how we that's how we prep. We we think if I write this sentence just right and say it the way I read it, that'll get the job done. And and we got to step back and think about the experience we're creating. I mean, right now, even in this interview with you, I could have the best words on paper, read them to you, and think if I say these words, it'll be a great interview, and Bart will love it. But it could come across (laughs) like this, and I could be flat. And I could talk like this, oh, but I'm saying yeah, the right man. words. And so we want people to think about what is the experience? How do you come across? How do you connect or disconnect? And that takes us into, you know, we introduce these five white lies. And one of them being, uh-huh. if I say the words, people will get it. And that's not the way it works. Oh, okay. I, 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 I think I see what you're saying, that, that 
basically it, it it is more than putting the words out there and there is there's a mood and an expression and you don't want to sound flat so so and i have to tell you when i'm on that is when i'm really at my performance peak you know uh i feel i can pitch anything so is, are you saying that i've got to gear up into that performance mood more I'm I'm saying it's got to be more natural and authentic. And I think the best way to uh. get your arms around it is you've seen the Oscars, you've seen any kind of Grammy Award winning show type where someone comes uh-huh. up and they give a, a thank you, acceptance speech. Well, right. when they right. pull out a piece of paper, there's an immediate feeling versus when they don't. They speak <laughs> there's, there's a difference there. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I, I see. But, uh, so it's all it, it's it is spontaneous. I've got to run it inside me, and it, it, as you say, there's an honesty that, that we're looking for. So, are you saying then that I sh- uh, that I shouldn't script? That I should just be my natural, charming self and and wing it? Or <laughs> no, do not wing it. Do not wing it. Uh, <laughs> one of the one of the other white lies is is uh, you walk right into it. Is I don't need to prep. I can wing it. And here's a uh-huh. here's a quick example. And this is what we all oh, do because yeah? we all have back to back and whether it be Outlook or whatever calendar we have, it's just back to back to back. So we go from one thing to another and we don't prep. And even this last right, year I worked right. with one executive that wasn't we were working on a big stage event and I said, So what else do you got mm-hmm. coming up? He goes, Oh nothing, oh this is just off site, but I'm gonna wing it. So I explore, I said, uh-huh. well, tell me more about it. And it turns out to be a major shift of strategy, a, a, a scene where he's got to get 100% consensus from all the other executives. And he realized, wait, of this course. is actually a bigger deal than I thought it was. And so yeah, he had to, yeah, he had to yeah. prep to figure out what he's going to say. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I think you you can be honest and you can be natural is what you're saying. But uh, being prepared doesn't hurt. Uh, the Boy Scouts did have it right in that sense. <laughs> So they did. Um, you got to know where you're going or where you want to go. I see. Well, you're, you're kind of leaving me naked with, with no illusions here. I, I mean, you know, now I talk to my wife and, and my friends and the people who work for me. And now they all say I'm, I'm a really great speaker. Does, does, doesn't that feedback count for something? I mean, does that? Well, so much of the book is actually to pull <clears throat> who you are, that backyard barbecue, that friend, family. Uh, and how uh, we communicate in those environments, pull that into big opportunities. Because I mean, what, one I of the you know one of the white lies that we share is when I'm on, I'm great. And what that means yeah, is, right, right, right. okay, I'm in an I'm in an interview with Bart. I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to really turn it on. And we can turn yeah. <laughs> become inauthentic. We can become robotic. Yeah. We can become stiff. And we want to wake people up of no, no, no. Be natural. Be authentic. Even when you manage up, even when you are on stage with 500, it's the same principle. Uh huh. I like your idea of the pulling out the backyard barbecue bar, the the sitting there with my friends and just all out chatting, bringing that that personal style, honesty and connection, but at the same time prepping and doing yeah you know having a good solid idea of what i want to talk about so i i you 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 get a good blend there um well but, and it makes it more and, conversational and it diff- natural mm. well 
at the same time, um, I, it, I, my company has certain things that they want me to, uh, certain protocols. I mean, for instance, if I'm going before the board and the board expects all my new innovative ideas, they, they, they like to see them with a PowerPoint and a screen in a dark room with me, with me talking. I mean, this is this is the tradition, and is is that really with if here I'm coming with no ideas? Do I want to buck that format? I mean, should I? Don't I want to keep them in a familiar setting or not? You know, we we joke. I think it's on our blog or somewhere saying, as you hmm. read this, these are challenging things to do. It won't feel easy. This is going to be raw, and it's going to take a lot of effort to do them. And and I bring that up based on what you're saying is. It's it's not easy, but it almost becomes this self-propelling engine. When you try some of these things that don't feel comfortable, you you, you see a difference. And so even one of our white lies is around, uh, it's not the way we do things here. And I think this is my favorite uh. one, only because this I hear that almost every day, Bart, of, ah, that's not how they do things. They want it this way. They They don't want as much energy. If I smile in this meeting, that would be weird because none of my supervisors <laughs> and managers smile. Or show lightness, so it's it's so much around changing culture uh, to make it a better environment. Well, now, Ben, it seems to me as if what you're talking about is not what the board wants, but it's my perception of what the board wants. And I would bet that nine times out of ten, people are not as staid and implacable as I might perceive them to be. Right. Correct. I mean, we get in our own way, and we think, and actually a lot of the content gets in our way. So we just think if we present to the board, just about the numbers, just about this, i got to share. I have to inform. So part of the fun part is shifting it as we get into influence. I would argue every day and twice on Sundays, you're not there to the board just to inform. You're there to influence. What do you want the board to do? And that's what they want. They're there to add value. Tell us what to do, leaders, because we all want to see this thing grow. But too often, board meetings and <clears throat> meetings turn into these updates, and you could catch up quicker by reading an email. Make it a different experience. Oh, okay. Uh, I, ladies and gentlemen, i got to tell you, I, I, I don't know about you, but, he, but Ben Decker has got me feeling like the first time I dated a French girl, I realized I have no idea what to do with my tongue. But I think I'm catching on a few things, and that is, um, rather than the, all the white lies that we've been talking about here, that to tell myself, there are some things that I should be telling myself, and one of them is to add value uh, to to the people I'm speaking, that's become almost cliche. But you have to. Uh, what are some of the things that I should be putting in my head when I when I go to make this presentation? What should I be thinking, rather than some of the white lies we've talked over? Well, we take a two prong approach to communications. There's the the behaviors, the okay. things you're doing, where your eyes go, your, the sound of your voice, whether you smile, what you do with your hands, how you stand. There's the behaviors, and then there's the content. And for this uh-huh. answer, I'll, I'll lean more towards the content, but you got to okay. we have to think more about our audience, our listeners. Where are they? What are they thinking? If it's April 20, what are they going through? If it's in the morning, um, if it's raining in, in Jersey or wherever we are, what are they dealing with? What 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 part of the quarter are they? Are they stressed? Or think more about the audience, and that helps shift where you choose to go with your own content 
to figure out where you want them to go or change. That's that's the biggest one that doesn't happen oh. enough. I'm amazed we don't think about our audience enough. Okay, I boy that I'm hope everyone heard that. I'm going to call that a, a quill pen moment. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben has just spoken a timeless truth, and that is that when you're speaking, you have to put the audience, you're speaking to them for a reason, and you aren't talking to hear yourself speak. So I would like you all to take your pens and dip that in the inkwell and jot that down and remember it the next time you stand before people. Now, Ben, uh, I have, as I mentioned, I have read your excellent book. Could you tell uh, the audience out there how they might get a copy of it and uh, where they could get it? It's on every online channel. And so the, the Amazons, the Barnes okay. and, and Noble, but uh, our, our, the website's communicate2influence.com and you can get there through uh-huh. even our company website, Decker.com. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's good. And uh, so I just hope that you'll, uh, I, I recommend it really hardly to you all. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, right about now we have come to the the midpoint in our feast. Uh, you're listening to The Art of the CEO on blogtalkradio.com. And so I'd invite us now, now to take a brief sorbet, and it's time for me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that uh, company is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other things, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. You may visit bartsbooks.com and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom for business matters and finding business tools. And today, Prometheus Publishing invites you to come visit their enticing and easy to navigate, and I think it really looks sharp, uh, the new bookstore uh, that is uh, in a vastly expanded uh, list of titles. And while you're there, uh, why don't you take a look at one book that uh, is called So That's How They Do It. It's a poignantly helpful guide that lays out the techniques of a lot of the top business masters and tells how they got there, how they stay there. And it, it also, uh, in, in these stories, there's a is always a way that you can apply the various tools to your own career. So I pass that on to you, and I hope you'll come and visit Bart's Books Bookstore. Uh, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. So, uh, and so now, ladies and gentlemen, whether you are an M.A. Uh, M&A dealmaker uh, seeking financial instruments or whether you're a marketer who's always trying to find some better approach for new potential clients, uh, we invite you to invest in a book. I pass that on. And we are back now with the the, um, very perceptive, cut-to-the-money communication coach, Mr. Ben Decker. And Ben, before we delve any further into improving our own uh, speech and communication techniques, I was wondering if you could tell folks about Decker Communications. You've got your your whole family wrapped up in the amazing history of this. Could uh, could you tell us how um, Decker Communications has come into full flower? Sure. It's um, we've been around about thirty six years. My my father Bert Decker and my mother started the company back in seventy nine. He was a film producer. 
producer, filmmaker, saw the power of video, when people see themselves on video, the impact it made. And no one was using yeah. that approach in, in training and in coaching. And so he grew the company. And my mom had passed in the 80s, but my, my father grew the company. And he sold it. The company went public with a, with a roll-up. And then it went private with the boom and the bust. And then about 10 years ago, he and I uh, bought it back. And we relaunched oh, okay. it back in 0405. And we've been growing for the last 10 years. We have a team of about 40 now that live that are in San Francisco and a New York office. And traveling the globe, really, leading coaching programs one-on-one from CEO down to sales groups, engineering groups, but using video feedback and private coaching to make them better communicators. Oh, well, that sounds, that sounds fascinating. I've got to ask, uh, as you... Uh, no one remember them. Were your mom and dad good communicators? They were, but they also could always improve. <laughs> and that's got to be the <laughs> attitude, you know. You, you bring up the you bring up the, uh, uh, the 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 kissing point, but the point is you can always improve. And they knew that, and they saw that, mm. so they never took it as it's perfection. And that's that's the fun part. I compare it to golf all the time. If you sit mm-hmm. next to a, someone on an airplane. And you tell them yeah. what we do, they say, oh, I could use that. And the point is we all can yeah. use it. So I'm in the same boat as you, Bart, as any of your listeners. We can get better at this key area of communications. Oh, boy, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Now, you wrote this book with your wife, Kelly, am I correct? Yes. Yeah, we, we run the company together. We, we run oh. the company together. And a lot of people say, how can you do that? And it works well for us. We're able to divide and conquer. But I tell you what, writing a book is another challenge. That's a different story. <laughs> we oh, got I through this. Sure. We, we I, said, I, I, don't, I don't know if a second book comes out. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you one question. I, I, can you give me one or two things that make your wife, Kelly, a particularly good communicator? What are what are a couple of her communications assets? <clears throat> She's she's real. She's as authentic as they come. And so she mm. tends to, well, I'm going to flatter her and, and, and pour compliments here because you've set the stage, haven't you? But she, <laughs> when she, she has an amazing smile. And so that people that smile have a huge advantage over most of us. They are mm. likable. They're approachable. You immediately feel connected to them when, with, with a lightness in the face. Then the, the, those of us that are more dour or serious, it's something we've got to work on. But she has a lightness about her face and uh, just an energy when she communicates. So she's a great keynote speaker. She, uh, People love her. So she's fantastic. Well, I, I noticed, Ben, that in your book, one of the things that you keep bringing up is the goal of making an emotional connection with your audience. And I I agree with you. I mean, I th- that it's, it's, it's a great... Uh, it's a great thing to do, and I, I assume Kelly does it, as you say, by being real and authentic. What are some of the ways that you have seen people effectively get this this emotional connection? Well, there's really one of two ways. One being the emotional, uh-huh. I'm sorry, the behavioral, uh, the smile, the voice, the authentic, the real, the connecting right. behaviors. But the second way is through content and actually simplifying, using stories, using an analogy, using quotes. You are a, a big quote user, using quotes that resonate oh, yeah. with people. 
even visuals, but those connect more emotional. And what we do in our coaching and our speaking is we remind people that logic makes you think, emotion makes you act. And thinking about that as you go to the board or go to your to your CEO and present up, manage up, or go to your board, what we tend to not think about is we tend to think, hit them between the eyes with the logic, with the numbers, that should be enough. Mm. And it's not. We have to be willing to step outside the back and br- box and bring in a story or bring in a quick analogy to make it more real and more human. That connects emotionally. That's that's really true. I developed a, a, a whole, my whole love of what a uh, hero should be and what lifestyle should uh, that I want to adapt to myself has come to a very large extent of the stories I have read of individual heroes rather than a list of traits I should adopt to myself. <laughs> and no, so, it's true. Yeah, and even it, as your listeners are listening to this, have them think about, let's say today's Monday or whatever day it is, think about the previous day, what you heard, who presented to you, what presentation or speech have you heard, and what do you remember? We don't remember much, especially to your point, a lot of the numbers or logic. We remember characters, remember stories, remember analogies or quotes. Those connect emotionally, and they're more memorable. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. Um, now, the one of the things that you, you often uh, talk about is, uh, in, in the, you mentioned in the book, and you mentioned it when we talked, is that you you have to earn the right to be heard. This is sort of stepping back from the emotional connection, I guess, that when you first get up there, you, you have to, all speakers have to earn the right to be heard. To, to and it's, This is something that I've referred to in some of my own writings as building admirability points. What are some of the ways that business leaders, um, more than just having rank, how can they earn the worthiness uh, and the open and open the ears of their audience. There's a there's a, a statement around license to operate compared to license to lead, and I think that's a little bit uh-huh. what you're getting into. Where some of your listeners might have a great title, director, VP, CEO, and I have a license to operate. I can tell people what to do, but what you're hitting yeah. at is that we all need a license to lead. People, I mean, the way organizations are set up now, there's so much going across horizontally where you have to manage people that don't report into you. And so this is where the, that license to lead is so important to get people to trust you, want to follow you. And so a lot of this has to do with trust. So it ties into those behaviors, authenticity, being real, not being put on, not being a, an actor or theater but actually connecting. And I love an Amy Cuddy, who's a Harvard professor, her quote around warmth and competence are critical, but warmth has to come before competence. That's where they yes, come in. Yes. Okay. I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And Ben, I, I've also, uh, and I must add, uh, bring up one point then that you, you really, gave me a heart-wrenching comeuppance with this book. You hit me right where I, I live on something I prize very dearly. You are, I'm a great believer in what you term in your book, lovely bunches of words. And I believe that, as Mark Twain said, the difference between the right word and the exact right word is the difference between lightning and the lightning bug. And it's, it's the, the, the words are the, are the power. And uh, there's a, it's, 
Uh, in fact, as I put it, uh, I'd, I'd rather be lyrical than be effective, I'm afraid. Could you explain to us a little <laughs> bit about the lovely bunches of word traps? <laughs> well, we make it even simpler. We just say elbow. <laughs> lovely bunches of words, L-B-O-W. And oh. a lot of times <laughs> when you... <laughs> So just to avoid the lovely bunches of words, but a lot of times when people start a speech or a presentation or even a call, good morning, Bart, yeah. great to talk to you, so glad you're here. Isn't the weather great? I hear it's raining there. Well, we have sun here out here in California, and isn't that wonderful? And how? let's talk about Boston. And it doesn't mean anything. It has nothing to do with anything, and we lose people. Right, right. In the beginning of a speech, a call, a meeting, it doesn't matter. And so we tell people, get rid of the LBOW. Just dive into something, whether it be a story or get our attention immediately. I say, okay, I, I think that's really true. We, we have this sort of icebreaker feeling that, that we that we sort of reach out and, and try to just like share the weather or something. And, and that's, that's a very, very clever point. And, um, but I'm afraid that at this point we're coming to the end of our Feast of Wisdom. So, so Ben, could you just tell us if uh, if I wanted to seize the advantage and, and get some coaching or consulting from Decker Communications, how, how would I best do this? How would I get in touch with you? Uh, take a look at our website. I think that hopefully the book will raise awareness and get you realizing, mm -hmm. hey, this is an area that I can always improve in, and here's how to do it. And that's, that's how the book is laid out. It's, it's supposed to be thumbed through and almost used as a tool. But our website, Decker.com, has all the avenues and the examples of what we do and how, to, how we do it. Okay. All right. Well, that's wonderful. And I hope, I hope a lot of you folks will indeed take advantage of that because, uh, as Ben has said, we all can do better, and it is the most vital aspect of business. So as we round out today's show, ladies and gentlemen, let me leave you with today's business quotation. And today I thought uh, we would invite our guest to enlighten us with today's quote So, because it's a, it's a very, very clever one. Ben, would you be so kind? I'd be honored, Bart. Here we go. In my library are about a thousand volumes of biography. A rough calculation indicates that there are more of these that deal with men and women who have talked themselves upward than with all the scientists, writers, saints, and doers combined. Talkers have always ruled. They will continue to rule. The smart thing is to join them. Whoa, I love that. All right now, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard that. So if you know the author of this quote, just jot that down and send that the name of that person that you believe, believe him or her to be to info at bartsbooks.com, and you will win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, Give the people what they need, and you'll probably survive handsomely. But give them what they enjoy, and your business will burgeon far into prosperity. After all, there's a lot more money in donuts than broccoli. Ladies and gentlemen, you have, I hope you have been enjoying the Art of the CEO show. As always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. <laughs>